Hey there, I'm Tracy Rigdon, and this is the Contrast Project Lounge Podcast. In this podcast, each episode is a journey through captivating interviews, engaging dialogues, and personal anecdotes that explore the depths of arts, culture, politics, and everything in between. My goal? To leave you inspired, informed, and entertained. Often random, but always relevant, always real, and practically nothing is off limits. So whether you're an art aficionado, a political junkie, or simply someone seeking a fresh perspective, this podcast is for you. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. Welcome back to the program, guys. I have joining me now the founder and CEO of Impactful Speakers, all the way from Australia, Kat Matson. Kat, how are you? I'm fabulous, Tracy. Thank you. And yes, Impactful Presenters is my little is my little gig. It's my little corner of the world. You know, it's really interesting uh, when I'm I'm looking through. Uh, you know, some of your material online, your website and so forth, and the videos that you produce, uh, it really is something that a lot of people can use. As we t- we spoke before, uh, you know, uh, being, you know, being, uh, you know, an effective communicator in, in, you know, so many different, you know, ways, whether you're a presenter of some sort or a keynote speaker or a business person or even a politician, uh, anyone that's you know has to speak to you know public speaking to people uh, and and be effective with it they you know they have to they have to master that skill yeah and one one of the things that I have realized over my time is we think that we only need to train ourselves or up our skills in speaking if we're going to be a public speaker or be a politician, you know, only if we're going to make our money from that medium. But actually, it's pretty hard to make an impact or to influence or to be a part of meaningful conversations in any professional context or in any civic engagement if you can't speak powerfully. And the, the mm. more I've spent time in this space, the more I realise until we can speak externally with confidence and impact, we actually also then have trouble understanding ourselves the value that we bring to the world because what we say out loud that, that into the sense. world is also what mm-hmm. we say internally, right? Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, when, what, what, uh, what was your driving passion uh, to go into this uh Career, this intersection of of communicating with people, and you know, from the role of uh, you know, I, as you had mentioned before, being you know engaged civically, and and now working uh, as a coach to both uh, business persons and you know other leaders to speak in, you know, speak with authenticity. Like you say, when, when, what was the what was the you know that that time in your career when uh, you made the decision. Uh, that, you know, this transformative power of effective communication, uh, uh, you know, was was going to be part of your path. Mm. 
it, it was an interesting intersection of its own, to be perfectly honest, Tracy. I was sitting um, in a role that I had had for seven years. It was an extraordinarily awesome role. I, I had the title of Brisbane's Chief Digital Officer. Um, in fact, we followed yeah. a couple of cities in the States to implement this very uh, a signature role, if you like, that was designed to lead the digital transformation of the city's economy, you know, so really big. And it was my first exposure to how the public sector really worked. And I was sitting at the end of my tenure in that role, wondering what do I do next? I wanted to create something again that was mine, like it was my own business again, rather than just being reliant on corporate salaries or public service salary. And I was doing a program to learn how to create a membership model. I thought it was going to be somewhere in the business coaching realm because that's what I'd already do always done. That wasn't coming together. It wasn't feeling right. And I sat there and went, no, 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 it's speaking because people keep asking me, Kat, how do you speak so well? I've been speaking on stages for 25 years. So, you know, it, people think it comes naturally to me, but actually I have learned and studied and worked and whatnot. And so that was kind of the the brainchild. But then the more I sat into it, the more I realized, actually, this is key because if you can't, particularly in the public sector, we have so many complex challenges that need to be solved in the world right now. And one of the key mm. issues that we have is it's, a, it's the same voices who are contributing to the same conversations, who are producing the same outcomes and not changing anything. And one of the ways, one of the exactly. ways that we will solve those complex challenges is by more diverse voices in these conversations. But the reason we don't have diverse voices in these conversations is because they can't be heard. Not because, well, a part of it is because they look different, sound different, but a big part of it is because they're not effective in their verbal communication. So those kind of things all converged and I went, right, this is, this is my new game. And it has been now, three years later, this is the game. It, it's fascinating. It really is. And you know, you know like you said, it, 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 it really is, uh, it's an art being able to speak in public. Uh, and and it's also it's 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 been a, a a learning curve for me podcasting for the last three and a half four years. Uh, the first you know couple of seasons were really rough. You know my speaking presentation and so I forth. Bet. You know, but you get you 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 keep doing it. You know, repetitive and repetitive, and and uh, now it's. Uh, Oh gosh, uh, 120 episodes, something like that, and uh, it, it it there used to be a lot of ums and ahs and you know a lot of dead space when talking and 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 sometimes I still catch myself rambling on. <laughs> I'll get to rambling on a subject sometimes, and and that can be just as bad, I suppose. But you know, here we are. Well, one of, one of the reasons that we ramble is because we're trying to sort out our own thought processes on a topic or on an issue. And th there is a time and a place for rambling. You know, I often mm -hmm. have clients come to me and say, oh, but I'm not succinct enough. I keep rambling. I'm going, it's okay to ramble. You need to unpack your thoughts. But you don't want to be rambling, for example, when you're trying to make a really powerful point or when you've got the audience of a key stakeholder who can help you do something 
you want to be able to hit them between the eyes with, you know, your three key messages and a call to action. So it, it, and yes, speaking is a skill that we learn over time if we put the conscious effort into it. So one of the things that I often say is it's not a talent. I wasn't born able to do this. I was born with certain personality characteristics that make me more prone to be willing to learn, (laughs) but (laughs) it's a skill. It's a skill that we learn. And if you can, if you can learn to ride a bike, then you can learn to speak with confidence. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In uh, today's uh, fast paced, you know, digital world, the high tech world, case in point, you and I sitting here on two different sides of the planet talking. um, How do you you see the role of face to face communication evolving, uh, especially in the context of leadership and community building? Yeah, it's an awesome question. So I think the face-to-face piece is changing, obviously. We are Mm face-to-face right now. We've developed a relationship over time that started with kind of chat only, as in text chat, that then came Mm -hmm. into a face-to-face environment but, but via a screen. And we are a member of a of a couple of communities together and so we build relationship in that context we are unlikely to ever meet in real life but that doesn't take away from our ability to influence each other to work with each other and to collaborate so in this world that we're now i, I i'm going to use the word growing up into because i've got two teenage sons they experience the world completely differently to how we see this medium. This is, I mean, my son is literally in the other room at the moment. He's badly sprained his ankle. He can't make it to school even though he's three weeks away from his final ever year 12 exams. And so he's online in in the classroom with his school because they just said, oh, we'll just set up a Google (laughs) classroom for you so you can be part of it. That's normal. That's normal. What's not normal and I think what we underestimate is the importance of taking time to still get to know people, so having conversations. It's one of the reasons why I particularly like your podcast, Tracy, because you're having conversations that don't necessarily land at a certain point. It's just a conversation around humanity. And those conversations, Mm -hmm. they're really important when it comes to leadership and community building because we're we're not robots. We, even if we're in a certain environment for a certain reason, we have multiple elements to us. So I think the face-to-face piece will change. We will do more and more and more of this and our world, you know, that global village that I was taught at school will become smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm -hmm. And as leaders and as community builders, we just, we still need to invest in the relationship building that used to happen in a real world face-to-face same room environment but we can do that in an online context oh oh yeah absolutely and i know that uh a lot of uh practically all all the business leaders and politicians that i've you know met and and just seen online they, they use this medium uh practically on a daily basis uh, and it's it's you know a couple years ago more than a couple of years ago, you know, when Zoom meetings 
you know, started taking hold all over the place. And now you've got platforms like this, like Riverside, and you've got StreamYard and, and uh, you know, all these other platforms that are uh, vying to be the next big thing in, in this medium. Um, coming up with more and more, you know, uh, features within the platform, whereas Zoom did mm-hmm. things a different way. Now these platforms are doing things a lot different too. They're they're building from the ground up just for people that do record videos and do podcasts and that kind of thing. And so the features that we're getting in these new platforms are just fabulous. I know they are, and I I also think too there's different platforms for different um, reasons. You know, like I, I do a lot of mm-hmm. uh, as you know I do my own podcast. I do a lot of Facebook lives. Um, you know, podcasting and live streaming is a very, feels a very one directional, uh, conversation. I'm talking to my audience and they're not giving me a huge amount back as distinct to this kind of a conversation. And so those different platforms enable us to do different things. It's really important though for us as community leaders to remember that even when we're not receiving direct feedback in the form of a conversation, our audience feels like they know us. Because they're getting this, yes. They're getting a similar um, feel to a casual conversation, and it's not like broadcast media. It's not like CNN where it's all curated. There is or edited. This is real. This is raw, mm-hmm. and and that's really important. I often am surprised when people will reach out to me and they'll just start a conversation as if I've been having a conversation with them for the last three weeks. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but it's because they've been in in engagement with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I find it fascinating, you know, you were saying that I, you know, have a lot of conversations with people and that's really the 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 one of the central key missions of my podcast is it's very random and and the guests are all real people. Uh I mean, I've got politicians. This morning, I interviewed a sex therapist. Uh, and we awesome. we, got, we had a good conversation. Yeah, we did it. We did it. We did it. We got got to laughing and joking and everything. And it was very, very candid, very real. The discussions on on you know sexual health and sexual therapy and 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 her practice and it was it was fascinating. And 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 then next week I'll be talking with a guy that's in a band. And the, and this is it. We're all human, right? We're like mm-hmm. we're all doing yeah. our bit in in the world, and we're all expressing ourselves in different ways. We're all crafting yeah. our professions or our ways of making money in different ways. But it's all it is yeah. all part of the human experience, and I think that's where the juice that's where the juice is. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, when it comes to uh, in your coaching now. Uh, what are some of the most common communication pitfalls uh, that you've observed in your coaching um, and leadership roles? And, uh, you know, how, how can individuals avoid that? Yeah. So the one that people come to me the most for, actually there's two. One, one is nerves and the second is rambling. And they, they they kind of sit together really tightly because nerves create the ramble mm-hmm. and the ramble creates the nerves. 
So as I was talking <laughs> before, you know, we tend to ramble when we haven't lined up our thoughts yet, where we're thinking out loud or when we're so excited and passionate about the topic as we see it from our perspective that we want to give mm -hmm. our listener all of the things all at once because it's all important to us, right? Like all of the detail, all of the tech, sure. all, of, all of why it works is just so exciting to us. And so the <laughs> biggest um, the biggest antidote for that that I teach is actually step into the shoes of your listener. What does your listener know, believe, think or feel about this topic that you're about to launch into? And what do you want them to know, think, feel or believe about this topic? And then when you identify those two gap or that gap, you kind of go, okay, well, they currently know this and where I want them to be is this. Then you can identify, well, what is it that I need to say to them that will move them? And, you know, I watched this in particular when working with politicians. Um, <laughs> politicians, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it in the world because I think the pressure on politicians is way too high. But politicians in our democracies often make the final decisions on big policy decisions, big programming. But they are also receiving a whole bunch of information, like literally by fire hose on a daily basis. So in working with yes. politicians, what I learned was I couldn't actually take up all of their bandwidth in explaining everything about the program. Instead, I needed to say, this is who it's good for. This is why it's good for you. And this is how we'll execute it. And they go, oh, okay, great. We move on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that's the rambling and stepping into the, you know, where, where do you want to take your audience? And the other one is nerves, is we, all of our stuff, all of our stuff comes up when we are about to open our mouths because we think we're going to be judged, <laughs> we think we're going to look stupid, we, we're, we're afraid that we're going to prove ourselves to be stupid because a lot of the time we're actually assuming that we are and we hope nobody finds out. So our nerves really kick in and my process for that is to have people understand that you don't need to be the expert, you just need to be an expert. You need to be bringing something to the conversation, not everything to the conversation. Right, right. And, and, and talking about rambling and what you just said, not bringing everything to the conversation, what comes to mind, another form of rambling is the whole word salad thing. Oh yeah, he had. We had a former president. <laughs> he was a professional word salad pure. huh? Yeah, and and it's funny because I spent a lot of time in the startup ecosystem, and <laughs> you know the startup ecosystem and innovators and entrepreneurs—they're also quite prone to word salad. We tend to use word salad when we are trying to sound good when we know we don't have substance. You know, it's like if if I just say more and if I sound really confident, then I'm getting it all across, right? But also, <laughs> and this has actually been a um, a side. What's the opposite of benefit? A consequence of our increasing online environments, where we are rewarded for more noise, for more presence. There's been a whole generation of jargon and word salad and. Sure. Posturing and positioning that doesn't come from substance. It comes from let me be let me be an influencer. Let me get more TikTok views. Let me blah blah blah. So yeah, word salads are spectacular way to ramble. 
and to not make your point. It's hard enough to listen to. It's even worse when you get the transcript and read it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yes. And when you read oh those transcripts gosh. and you go, what, what, what? Yeah. I didn't know. But, you know, like, like, like you were saying, you know, again, going back to the, uh, you know, the technology uh, portion of it, you know, it's transformed mm. the way we communicate. I mean, it's just made such an impact and the way journalists do their news and, you know, they, you know, everybody's on social media, even the journalists, you know, have their own social media accounts. And there's still a lot of good journalists that tweet quite a bit. Uh, I, I follow several of them myself and there's some really good, there is some really good content there. Uh, how can individuals and businesses strike a balance you know, between mm. the technology for communication and maintaining that personal touch. Yeah, I I love this question because I am confronted on a daily basis with, here, just use this latest AI tool to produce all your content for you. <laughs> but my one of my biggest things is being authentic. And it's not to say that AI mm -hmm. can't help, but when you're leaning on it or when you're leaning on any form of technology to represent you then you're no longer connecting with heart you're no longer connecting with authenticity you're in fact particularly if you're speaking or if you're tweeting or facebooking or whatever with ai by definition you're using an algorithm you're using an assimilation of sure the white person's internet in your expression so how can we use it? Right. I think we, for me, I use that kind of technology as a thought prompter. It helps me clarify things and then I'll go back and, um, you know, put my, put my own voice in there. The other thing, and this has quite literally just downloaded into my head as an intuitive flash, the other way to use the technology as a business owner is to choose really wisely which platforms you play with and which platforms you ignore. Because if you're paying attention to all of them, it actually becomes both really overwhelming, but also it dulls your voice because you feel like you have to constantly be compromising yourself on all of these different places. Whereas if you just sit and go, no, no, I just need to connect with my people in my way, in a way that feels good to me, that's enough. I don't need to be seen on the entire world stage. I just need to, I just need to be seen by my people. Uh, it, 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 the AI is is fascinating world to me. Not only the but not only like the Chat GPTs and those, but also the uh, uh, generative AI. The people that are you know coming up yeah. with digital art. Uh, there's a there's a friend of mine lives up in New Hampshire now. He just produced a book and he does a quarterly magazine, and all of the artwork in the book it's it's a it's, it's a fascinating book it's about a it's about a uh a uh an african king who happens to be a time traveler it, it, it's awesome afrocentric fiction is what he calls it and nice. uh yep it uh it's fascinating but the artwork in there too is fascinating and I know he uses a lot of the others. They using, you know, he's come up with. He's had to. He's had to teach the uh, responses, you know, by by repetitive, you know, prompts that you know keep to the subject. Uh, and he's had to teach 
the the uh, the chatbot, the chat mm. GPTs had to teach it to uh, not only use the algorithm within the story that he's working on, but he's had to teach it to come up with African-American figures and and language yeah, that right. is used in the African-American community because uh, it, it does, if you don't specifically give it the right prompts, it really is going to come out sounding white bread. Totally, totally. And and the fact that he's <laughs> been able to do that is an art and a skill in itself. Um, I, I watch some mm-hmm. people do create amazing prompts in fact there's a there's a bird there's a growing market for people just selling prompts <laughs> um i know because I know. it is it, it, it well and because that because that's a it's a new skill set right how how do you think right into briefing a robot that you i mean it is it's it, it's weird I'm I'm fascinated to see what happens with it, yeah. and I and I, I think the art that is generated by, or the art I was going to say, the art that's generated by AI, the art that is generated by people with with AI, is fascinating. Um, I think you know mm-hmm. we've obviously got some interesting conversations to have around copyright and what's art, what's not, but that's no different oh, yeah. to any of the conversations that There's we've people had as already different uh, filing lawsuits. Yeah, there, there's already yeah. lawsuits being yeah. filed about copyright infringement because, I mean, it's basically, totally. I mean, it's skimming. It's skimming the internet for material that's already been written. So uh, mm-hmm. eventually, eventually, if you're not if you're not checking the stuff that you're using, somebody might come along and sue you. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I heard though that your friend was in New Hampshire, and I just had to call out that that's where my favourite fictional character comes from. President. Oh, Obama. really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. How about that? And there, oh, President Bartlett. Speaking of weather, the best. best uh, they're having. Ever. They're having. They're having beautiful weather up there right now. Let me tell Are you. They? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot cooler up there. It gets cooler up there earlier than here. It, we don't really have a winter. Uh, it just, you know. No, you don't, do you? I think last, yeah, I think last year we had one day that actually had a hard freeze. That was it. You know, yeah, right. I, I kind of, yeah, so I kind of felt like, I kind of felt like I overdid it. I had to put all the plants off the porch into the greenhouse, you know, for the winter. And, and, and I'm like, well, we didn't have any freezing weather. Well, that's similar to us. We don't in Brisbane. We don't get a we don't get a freeze at all on some of the outskirts. We can get a frost, but yeah, nothing like that. (laughs) Uh, I was going to ask you something too. Uh, You had mentioned. Yeah. I had seen somewhere. I think it was on your LinkedIn page where you had mentioned being an optimistic cynic. Uh, How do you balance? You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. How how do you balance sometimes the harsh realities, you know, uh, in leadership and business and maintaining an optimistic outlook? It's such a ripper of a question and it changes. Like the answer to that changes on a daily basis. Sometimes it's ice cream, sometimes it's martinis and sometimes it's coffee. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I used to to call myself a Pollyanna. Um, I don't think I'm that optimistic anymore. I probably don't believe that everything can be changed with 
you know, with sparkling crystals and um, a happy attitude. But I do <laughs> think that my approach to it can change. And I mean, yeah, working in the public service, you do become cynical. <laughs> And any of the political satire <laughs> TV shows that have ever been created, they're real for a reason and they hurt for a reason. There are some TV shows here in Australia sure. that I can't watch because they're just too close to the bone, even though they're meant to be funny. But how I maintain my optimism is recognising and believing in the never-ending good of people. And at the end of the day, all of the stuff that bugs us about the world is created by people. And therefore, it can be uncreated by people or we can create a different outcome. Is it going to happen tomorrow? No. Is there some really heavy, frustrating, annoying stuff going on in the world at the moment? Yeah, there really is. Has that always been the case? Probably to different degrees. And mm -hmm. somehow the human race continues to be okay. The, well, again, one of the side effects of the digital world that we now live in is that we are exposed to all of it all of the time. Um, and that, I think, is where some of that real yes. heaviness comes in and it does feel like it's worse than it's ever been. We're also, uh, I often say, in a post-abundant lifestyle where we've actually all got more time than we've ever had before and more bandwidth, more mental bandwidth. We, we have the time and the space to think into the stuff that doesn't actually directly affect us. So for me, I choose. I choose what I pay attention to. I choose what I kind of let just sit in my peripheral vision as distinct to what I actually go, oh, no, I want to do something about that. And I make sure I look after myself, you know. I practice my yoga and my meditation and my walks every morning and I smile at the kookaburras that laugh in the morning at me and I smile at the sunrises and... I do my best to stay optimistic. Uh, you know, it's it's funny you say that. You know, you're taking your morning walk. I I live on a on a good sized piece of property, and every morning when I do my morning coffee, I go out on the porch to talk to the cats. Got a lot of cats out here. Yep. And I will I I walk I walk barefoot in the grass out in my yard almost yeah. every almost every morning, and and there is. I talk about it all the time, and and uh, there is some there is a healing power of grounding, you know, really to the is. earth with your bare feet. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I do my yoga on my front it lawn does take every care morning. Of it, uh, yeah, absolutely. There you go. <laughs> Let me ask you another question about the going back to communication. Uh, how do you see? Yeah. The intersection. Now, we, we have a lot of problems with diversity and inclusion here in the States. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you see the intersection Same. of diversity, inclusion, in, in effective communication um, as it you know, plays a role in the success of whether it be businesses or politics, you know, city governments? There's, there's just really a divide in a lot of cities here in this country yeah. and, and particularly in the South. But. Yeah. And same. And in fact, at time of recording, we're about to go to a referendum to um, include a voice to Parliament, which will be an acknowledgement of our traditional owners in our constitution. And that is, it's divisive, sadly, because we still have a lot of racism in this country. For me, 
there's a whole lot of things I want to say on this. First of all, we have to acknowledge that it's complex. And I one mm-hmm. of I'll say it like this. I'm I'm choosing my words very wisely. Righteous indignation <laughs> and moral outrage is not an effective change um, strategy. One of the things that social media has done over the last 10 years is encouraged us to believe that everyone's voice is equal, everyone's opinion is equal, and all you need is an audience and you can slap the table or you can bang the table and people will listen to you. What that's done is it's created ever louder, ever separated echo chambers of people yelling at each other (laughs) about their own opinions, about their like opinions. Mm -hmm. I think that one of the strategies is in trying to inform change, in trying to change that um, societal and um, generational division, we have to get more people contributing in the current systems and in the current conversations. It's no good sitting on the outside of the system, throwing rocks at it, saying your system is wrong and I'm just going to keep yelling at it. We have seen that that doesn't work. So that's one of the reasons why I'm big on encouraging people from minority groups on how to effectively communicate in those current and existing systems. So rather than complaining about the system, get into the system, be part of the system and be contributing to the conversations that are in the system rather than yelling at the system from Twitter or from X or whatever we call it now because um, that doesn't work. That doesn't, yeah. that doesn't work. It doesn't change anything. And in fact, all it does is it perpetuates. It perpetuates the differences rather than influence legitimate change. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and all of those things that, you know, you just said and, what, you know, talking about diversity and inclusion, wherever it may be, uh, it, it, would, it would be imperative. A, a thinking person would, would think to yourself, now, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really be important for me to get my point across effectively. And, and part of getting your point across effectively is recognizing and understanding the audience that you're speaking to. So, again, going back to that um, model that I was talking before about, you know, understanding where my listener is at compared to where I want them to be, taking your listeners, taking your audience on a journey to where you want them to go is imperative. Just telling them that they should be there doesn't work. You know, anyone who's a parent knows that just telling people doesn't work. Um, and in fact, it gets worse as we get older. So you're not going to tell me what to do. Who are you? You have to take people on a journey. You have to, you have to show them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it, it's been fascinating talking to you. I have one last question for you, Kat. Uh, what message or advice, what message or advice would you give to aspiring speakers or leaders, you know, business leaders, that kind of thing, to make a lasting impact through their communication and leadership skills? That's a ripper of a question to wrap up on, Tracy. Thank you. My piece of advice (laughs) is get clear first about what you want to happen as a result of this communication. 
what is what is the influence what is the impact that you are trying to make not what's the opinion you're trying to jam down someone's throat but what's what's the impact what's the end result here and how do you move your listener one step closer one step closer um, because influence is a thing that takes time it's it takes an investment um, and so to bring that up a couple of levels you asked you know what would be my one aspiring thing to say to um, leaders be clear on where you're taking your people whoever your people are what what's the impact that you're striving to make right now in your life and work consistently towards that in all of your communications and be gentle on yourself it actually isn't something that happens in one fell swoop it's not ha- it's not something that happens in one conversation i'm forever saying you know how, how do we how do we change the world one conversation at a time that's it. It's one conversation at a time. And and we've just changed the world just a little teeny bit with our little conversation today. Exactly. It's been my pleasure to have you on the podcast, Kat. Uh, we will definitely be uh, talking more online. I know we will. Uh, and you're welcome to come on the show anytime, anytime. Uh, I know you're. Thank you. You, know, you follow some of the stuff I do on the in the group and all that. And and you know uh, when I when I get ready to uh, uh, send this into post production and I put up the blog post and everything, we'll have all your links involved and and you know it, it, all the information that the listeners and viewers are, are going to need. I'll have all of that, the links that they're going to need and so forth, and even on the audio portion of it where there's you know uh, i think two thousand words or something like that i can put in there so (laughs) they'll be able to find you so for now enjoy the weather that you're having in australia enjoy the weather that you're having out there in australia and i'll do the same here in florida thank you tracy and thank you for having me on the podcast well, that's a wrap. Another fantastic episode of the podcast. You can find us on all the social media platforms, wherever you serve, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter X, threads, wherever. Don't forget to like, share, and comment. And on our YouTube channel, don't forget to like, share, comment, and smash that subscribe button. If you're streaming audio for the podcast, you can find us wherever you get your favorite podcast programs. In the meantime, I like to tell everybody, Take care of yourselves and each other. Until next time, peace.